This is the weekly sermon from Church of the Holy Trinity, a Reformed Episcopal parish of the Anglican Church in North America in Houston, Texas. Please join us on Sundays at 8.15 and 10.30 a.m. for Holy Communion and visit us on the web at holytrinityrec.org. Please enjoy the sermon. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be always acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. You may be seated. We uh, conclude our sermon series over the last few weeks on Proverbs 6, on the seven abominations that the Lord hates. Uh, verses 16 through 19 of Proverbs 6. There are six things that the Lord hates, seven that are an abomination to him, haughty eyes, a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that make haste to run to evil, a false witness who breathes out lies, and one who sows discord among brothers. The one who sows discord among brothers. This last part of this list of seven is important to acknowledge where we find it in our own lives, in our own hearts, from our own lips and to repent of it to the Lord. George Harrison of the Beatles once said, Gossip is the devil's radio. The sowing of discord means the sowing of strife, contention, slander, gossip, and all manner of ill things meant to divide and destroy. As James chapter 3 verses 5 and 6 reminds us, so also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. How great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire. And the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of life, and set on fire by hell. Just as murder, as pride, and false witness are abominations in the eyes of Almighty God, so too are the manners in which we as human beings sow discord with our words. This morning, let us close this series with seeing our need for God's grace and help so that we can sow peace rather than discord. First, it's important to know the dangers of sowing discord among brothers. Sowing in this passage means to send forth, to excite strife. And discord means to bring contention, to bring strife. Proverbs chapter 6 verse 14 states, With perverted heart devises evil, continually sowing discord. And later in a couple chapters in verse 28 of Proverbs 16, A dishonest man spreads strife, and a whisperer separates close friends. It's quite easy to find the problem of this sin and those around us. It's easy for us to find examples of gossips, of slanderers, and so forth. But it's not healthy, though, to be on the lookout for it. It is only healthy to examine self for where our words sow discord. It is healthy to acknowledge our sins according to God's word. We need to confess where we have gone wrong in our words. We need forgiveness for our sinful words. 
as our psalm today in verse 3 speaks of our condition as human beings. They have all turned aside. Together they have become corrupt. There is none who does good. No, not one. We often are stuck with the delusion that certain sins are not serious. And therefore the punishment is small compared to the big sins. After all, we see it in the criminal justice system. Certain crimes, such as first-degree murder, receive a stricter punishment than, say, shoplifting. So we tend to carry such into our spiritual lives, our spiritual walks. All the while, we are mistaken due to the point that all sin committed carry the same punishment, a separation from God. As James chapter 2, verse 10 reminds us, For whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point becomes guilty of all of it. While we may think it's not that big of a deal to spread gossip about others, it's just as an affront as those that seek to shed innocent blood. Some might object here that this is an Old Testament thing. They say that the New Testament does not address this issue with such severity. But listen to the words of Paul in Galatians 5, 19 through 21. Now the works of the flesh are evident, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Sowing discord involves enmity, which is to oppose someone through hostility. Sowing discord involves strife, which means bringing about a sinful conflict. Sowing discord involves rivalries. It involves dissensions and divisions and envy. We do not have an excuse to justify words that bring division or discord. Sowing discord with our words brings forth destruction in relationships from the smallest levels to the largest levels. Words of discord sowed into the ears of the people were used against our Lord Jesus Christ. As we read in Mark 15, 11, But the chief priests stirred up the crowd to have him release for them Barabbas instead. This discord brought the crowd to cry for the murder of the Son of God. Sinful words sown in discord of the intent of murder. Yet Jesus forgave and endured the cross even for our sinful words, all of our sinful words. He alone helps us to redeem our time, even in the words that we use. We face temptations every day to sow discord in various ways. In Galatians 6, verse 8, we read, For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. And we sow to the desires of the flesh, such as gossip and slander about others, to poison relationships with this discord. The only thing that is we will reap is corruption. The sowing imagery used here in Proverbs is not by accident. The longer one tends their soil and their vegetation with poison, the more corrupt the yard becomes. The same is true of our relationships within the church, with each other. 
if they are laden with sowing discord with our words, it will abound in corruption. We need help. We need rescue from this propensity to sin with our very words and bringing us to faith through a lifestyle of clinging to Christ through, sub through submission to him and repentance. The spirit works within us to move us from sowing discord to sowing the peace of Jesus Christ. He moves us to sow in the spirit. Galatians 6, 9, and 10 read, And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and especially to those who are of the household of faith. To do good to everyone in the household of faith means how we use our words, what we say about one another. This is with everyone, as Paul states, in the household of faith. Not just those we like or those we love, but everyone. As Jesus reminds us in Luke chapter 6, 32 and 33, if you love those who love you, what benefit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what benefit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. The call is to love all through the strength of Christ's enabling. This starts with knowing that he paid for our sins, all our sins. Yes, he even paid for the sins of our wayward words meant to hurt others either quietly through gossip or loudly in sinful rage. Yes, he even paid for our sinful words that we post online. In this forgiveness, can we learn to love out of gratitude? When we revert to using words to harm others, it serves as a reminder to us that we are sinners, that we are not perfect, but our Savior is perfect. Where we fail, we find his offer of forgiveness and the means to go forth in his name to use our words to his glory in his grace. He cares for us as a shepherd cares for his sheep. Even when we stray off with sinful words against each other. As we read today in Isaiah 40:11, He will tend his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms. He will carry them in his bosom. And gently lead those that are with young. This care of us brings us the following from the opening of our Old Testament reading. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. We are, not, we are comforted not through our good works. We are comforted in the finished work of Jesus Christ that forgives us and carries us forever in his arms. His pardon is eternal in scope. We are given this comfort in Hebrews chapter 4 verse 16. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. We are, assured in this, we are assured in this due to the point that Jesus stood and lived for us. He's fully human, resisting all the temptations we all encounter to sin with words. His perfection his righteousness is our only hope. His words preserve us. His words encourage us through all the valleys and the darkness we encounter. His word provides assured hope in a world full of the vile words of each other that seek to bring discord 
As Isaiah 40 verse 8 states, the grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. This encouragement enables us to fulfill the calling to prepare the way for the second coming of Jesus Christ. As verse 3 of our Old Testament lesson read, a voice cries in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. This preparing the way is through the words of our mouths to spread and to foster the gospel to both unbelievers and fellow believers. Zechariah chapter 8 verse 12, for there shall be a sowing of peace. The vine shall give its fruit and the ground shall give its produce and the heavens shall give their due and I will cause the remnant of this people to possess all these things. We are called throughout all our lives as Christians to sow the gospel of peace of Jesus Christ to all we encounter. Presenting the gospel of peace is not just to unbelievers. Presenting the gospel of peace is especially important to come from our mouths to one another in the household of faith. We are to encourage each other in this peace of Jesus Christ, sowing it continually, fostering it continually. As Philippians 4 verse 7 states, And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. His peace, the settled for all eternity forgiveness of all our sins, truly guards our hearts. It truly guards our minds. When we neglect the simple basics of the gospel, thinking maybe it's too childish and milk, thinking we have to get more meaty things, we do ourselves a disservice. Too often when sinful human beings say they need to move on to more sophisticated things, they sometimes bend to the point that the elementary points they're leaving behind no longer need to be heeded. Knowing the gospel takes a lifetime, and it remains fresh in our hearts and our minds to guard us to train us to speak the truth and love in Jesus Christ about others rather than what is hurtful and sinful. Sowing peace is our mission to prepare the way for Christ's second coming. This sowing involves the constant self-examination of our own lives to ask the Lord's help where we have gone amiss in our actions and yes, even our words. As John chapter 20 verse 21 reminds us, Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. Our mission is to spread this message of how Jesus brought peace between humanity and God through his life, through his death, through his resurrection, and through his ascension. This is sowing peace. It is to reject our sin through repentance and to speak the peace of Jesus Christ and his truth in every situation, in every context. May we remain vigilant and honest about our own sinful propensities with the way we use our tongues. May we seek Jesus Christ alone in dealing with the sins that come from our words. May we seek his truth over the falsehood of sowing discord. May we know we are redeemed and loved by him alone. May we seek his ways over our ways through his word. 
Amen.